What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Stevie. This is episode 406, and I am really excited to be alongside Lincoln. How you doing, Lincoln? It's just you and I. It's very exciting. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And why? It was for so many reasons, particularly for our first topic that is every social media site is talking about and including the entertainment sites. And the question is, did Madonna come out as gay recently on a TikTok video? Oh, God. (laughs) We got to talk about this. Madonna is going viral on social media on Sunday when she posted a five-second TikTok video of her teasing the idea that she's come out as gay, set to the music by TikToker Nudie George Georges. The clip showed a pink-haired Madonna standing in an ornate room beside a caption that read, "If if I miss." I'm gay. The the material girl then rolled up some hot pink underwear and threw it toward a trash can, which she missed by several inches. The video then cut back to Madonna, who appeared to give the camera a knowing glance before spinning to her right-hand side. Madonna left no comment on TikTok video and did not reference it in other posts on social media. But everyone is wondering... Is Madonna coming out at gay? And, you know, she just celebrated her recent 64th birthday. Do you, what, are you, what are your thoughts on this? And what would that even mean? Wouldn't that, I mean, it would be amazing. It would explain a lot. I just think she's being silly. I mean, I don't mean to poo-poo it and, and not make mm-hmm. it into a real topic. But I don't think it's a real topic. I think she's just being silly. And, and actually, I mean how dare I speak against Madonna, but I think it's a little disrespectful to people who have been gay their whole life and came out and see her as a gay icon. Who's a straight woman with five kids. So I just think she's being silly. I, I, I don't think there's any validity to it at all. Personally. Well, one of the, first of all, back in CNN was reporting because even CNN <laughs> grappled on this and they Good even, Lord. I mean, every media side. So I know this is a big deal. Everyone's talking about it. Madonna um, in an interview with The Advocate in 1991 said, quote, I think everybody has a bisexual nature. More recently for her 50 number ones, For the song Hung Up, she did a remix with the, want to get the name right, Dominican rapper Tokisha in the current video where they're making out and she's been posting a lot of videos of of her with the rapper, female. And so, I mean, I kind of think there could be some validity to it. The whole pink thing i know she has always been known to be provocative and have a message and i mean she might currently be i know in the another video that i sent you guys recently where she does 50 things about her it's like one of those vogue videos yeah super magazine fun. vogue yeah super fun. Really fun she's running by the horse stables talking, uh, answering different questions. And I remember one of the things that stuck in my mind, she said, what's your biggest regret? And it was getting married twice. 
And so... Yeah, but I think that was about the institution of marriage. That wasn't about her sexuality. And we both know that sexuality is like a gray area. So, I mean, there is that conversation to be had. But I don't think... I don't think Madonna's coming out as a lesbian. I think it's just her being provocative and getting a lot of attention, which she loves to do. And she did it. Yeah. But you don't think there could be any truth to what no. she's saying? I do. I okay. think, I mean, well, we I mean, all I, have our opinions about it. And, you know, absolutely. time will tell. But yes. I, I do think it's just, first of all, are you really coming out by throwing underwear at a garbage can? I think it's a provocative message, and I think in it's true so. Madonna fashion, she wants to always have a message behind something, and a wink and a nod, and you're right. I mean, I think to her comments back in 1991, maybe she's kind of over men right now, and she's kind of in this current fling right now, perhaps. With who? And with that rapper that she... Oh, no, I don't. But I, I don't know, lately, I, she's been losing me a little bit lately, to be quite blunt and quite honest. I, I, you know, I love Madonna's legacy. I really love her music. I try and focus primarily on the albums and the video around albums. And I think this whole throwback to the 50 number ones, and it's very fun, it's very dance, it's very, you know, but it's not some deep, seated meaningful stuff like she's done in the past right well because it's all music that's been previously recorded so yeah. it's not but new she material. is supposedly working on new music which i'm really excited about and i look forward to, to yeah. seeing if that happens and there's a lot of rumors about her doing a 2023 world tour so but you know i still want to bring up the whole point about people changing and i know birthdays are always a good time to reflect on where you're at where you're going forward i do this every year with my birthdays i often seek a somebody in the spiritual realm to look ahead for me i get into the whole just where am i at and one of the things that i've always been in Inspired that she's given me the license to do is to be the ability to change and move in different directions. And one way is that in our gay world, in terms of sexuality, because we're a sex podcast, is that I've always been known and people have told me and I've accepted this about myself that I'm a bottom. And more recently, I have changed and the last two guys I've slept with, I've topped them and it surprised me and I'm enjoying it. And I'm like, wow, I would have never thought. But because of my gay peers and everything, people have put me in a box and, oh, Steve, you're this. I've accepted this about myself. But now at 51, it's like I'm in embracing a side of myself, my sexuality side of myself that is never been a part of my existence and I'm here for it. And that's I'm great. Kind of going with that. Who's to say that sexuality can't be fluid and she's one to embrace herself too. I mean, it's kind of cool, right? Is there something about you that you've learned about yourself? Maybe, you know, you've been gay all these years, but that you've learned about yourself that might surprise many of your closest friends. Well, that... I, I had sex with women up until my mid twenties. So I wasn't always having sex with men and men only. I knew that having sex with men felt more organic and that having sex with women was more about the woman I was with than the act of having sex. 
it didn't feel as organic as having sex with men for me. And the things that came along with having sex with women were also not overly interesting to me because all of a sudden it was going down a road of having kids or, or family and what it really meant, what it meant, what it meant. And I was like, I just want to be sexually liberated and have fun. And the women, because the women I had sex with, I knew, I think that that kind of colored the, the experience for it to be Mm -hmm. more uh, meaningful and more layered and, and more heavy. And then when I, really had my first permanent boyfriend, it felt more like an open sexual experience in a relationship, not following some mold of, well, are you going to get married? Well, are you going to have kids? Because, I mean, I'm talking in very early 90s um, when Awale, my first partner, and I were really together, and gay marriage wasn't legal. HIV was huge in San Francisco. Like, there were a lot of circumstances that... I could have slept with a woman and had kids and not even dealt with all the problems that the gay community was dealing with at that point, but that wasn't organic to my sexuality or who I was. So, but I didn't go swinging around that I was gay or straight. I just kept my sexuality to myself and explored. And as I got older, I'm happy that I was able to go live a monogamous life with previous relationships, but also be single from 45 to 50 and experience bear weeks and Berlin and laboratory and Folsom's and, and, you know, go ahead. Play parties. Yeah. Play parties. And, and which was always like, I was always on kind of on the down low doing that when I was sleeping with women and it wasn't like a lot of women, it was just a, a time in my life. Um, But I also know that between 45 and 50, when I really lived out loud, that very sexual, expressive life, given that prep was in the mix and there was a liberation there that I didn't have in my 20s and 30s. So I experienced that from 45 to 50. And then right around 48, that became very unsatisfying to me. Like I could feel myself growing out of that behavior and feeling very lonely in the middle of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I knew that that, well, it's fun and fabulous and sexy and hot. um, It was kind of a three, a three time moment for me. Like I would have sex with someone three times and be done. And I wasn't really, committing to people or really being intimate. And I think that that's actually stunted my intimacy in my fifties, that behavior so hard and so fast for so long. Just something I'm working through on my own with Peter that, you know, it's also growing up and being an adult. So for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing all that. And, you know, it's interesting because there's a current study that's finding more young people, this is in the UK actually, are identifying as LGBTQ plus than ever before. 
this is a new study that's finding this, where revealed that 66% of people in the country identify as being exclusively attracted to people of the opposite sex. And that means that 40% of Gen Z said they had same-sex attractions, with only 53% saying they're only interested in people of the opposite sex. So it's changing dramatically from when you and I were younger, because I agree, kind of, I had a similar background as you did too i didn't i slept with women in high school but then that ended and then i just didn't have a lot of sex for a period of time we're going to talk about college years in a minute bill maurer you might know him from his hbo can i make one comment about what you just said though yeah just really quickly i think that um it's so beautiful that because of the strides that we've made as a community and opened our door full throttle, mixed with social media, mixed with the age we're living in, that that's why more people feel comfortable identifying that way or saying it out loud. I don't. I personally don't think the number has changed that much. I just think the freedom to express yourself has. Does that make sense? It does. It's in many ways. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, but then when I read so many other things, people like Bill Maurer on real time is questioning people coming out and particularly the trans community last spring, he touched on society's third rail. um, He called on his new rules, noting that polls have documented an exponential increase in those who claim to be LGBTQ He asked whether people should be allowed to ask what's up with that, like question that. It wasn't that long ago when adults asked children what they wanted to be when they grew up. Quote, they meant what profession, he joked. And he quoted a recent ACLU finding that claimed the controversy about abortion rights affects LGBTQ people more than so-called breeders. While allowing that everyone should always be mindful of respecting and protecting others, he said, someone needs to say it. Not everything's about you. It's okay to ask questions about something very new, meaning he's talking about like trans and he was questioning the whole idea of parents at a certain age with their children, giving them hormone replacements and whether I remember that episode. Actually. Yeah. I watch him every week and I don't disagree with him. I used to love him, but I've moved away from him because I think he's gotten angrier and I don't agree with him as much anymore, but I used to oh, love wow. him and I've just, you know, I've moved on from him and I don't always know where he's coming from. I will say in a recent other study and then we'll discuss as youth come out earlier support can save lives writes a brand new advocate article by trudy ring and she's talking referencing trevor project and research behind when people come out it's great and it's reflects a new time period, but it all depends on the support that they receive. In other words, not everyone is receiving it. And that's why Trevor Project, which helps with bullying and suicide prevention, is around because essentially coming out in and of itself is not harmful to the LGBTQ community, youth, mental. It's more about the level of support you have where and when you come out. That's according to research that they've done. I agree. I mean, I think we've talked so much about the time that you and I came out and even earlier times, but it's a whole different story to come out now, but do you have the support? 
And I think that's why one of the reasons why I waited for so long, because I knew I wasn't going to get support until post high school. What's your thoughts on that, on the new youth? And it seems like they have it easier, but maybe they don't. Well, we've talked about this before that I have, I never, I didn't really come out. I just lived my life. And when boyfriends came in, I tried to introduce them to my family. And for one reason or another, I didn't feel comfortable doing it so much. So I just didn't talk about it. I didn't need a big fan kick cha-cha-cha to come out. I just wanted to live my life and be with who I wanted to be with. And when you grow up in a culture that being gay is wrong and people will disown you if you're gay, well, then why would you turn to that person and say, I'm gay? I don't care if you're my mother, father, sister, brother, best friend. If you're going to tell me my whole life that being gay is wrong and those people are sick, well, then that's your opinion. I'm going to live my life. You're missing out on this aspect of my life. And hopefully times will change and you'll evolve, which for me, thank goodness, is exactly what happened. Because just bringing my mother into the, the mix you know, she was not thrilled with me being gay. She did not really have a lot of tolerance for the first couple guys I tried to introduce her to. And she kept saying they were just a friend and she kept pushing when you're going to meet a girl. But by the time before she passed, she really got along with Peter very, very well. She got along with my boyfriend prior to Peter very, very well. Um, She threw a huge 40th birthday party for me with my boyfriend at the time that I was very serious about then. Like, you know, and then just randomly, he had a lot of other problems that had nothing to do with being gay. And then that kind of tarnished my sexuality, not because we were two gay men, but it was more about a mental illness issue that, that, you know, if it was a woman, it would have been the same issue. So because it was a man that kind of layered into that. So I think you really need to take it down to a person by person case. And, you know, I, again, I never had that burning desire to bring a guy to prom. I never had that burning desire to be out proud and all that. I just wanted to be a dancer. I just wanted to be a performer. And what I did in my bedroom had nothing to do with that. So it's just, again, there are many ways to come out in as many ways to have your sexuality expressed as there are people absolutely you know and to bring the conversation full circle if throwing a pair of pink underwear at a garbage can and missing is some big monumental coming out moment for someone who has so many eyes on that person that's why i call that a little silly compared yeah, and- to you know I think it's a wink and a nod, and I'm here for it. I hope if that is her truth, I am here for it because I know she's always been evolving. And, hey, people come out in the way they come out. It might be silly to some, but I will see dot, dot, dot. To wrap it up, Velma from Scooby-Doo is officially coming out to be lesbian in a brand new Scooby-Doo movie. Just to wrap it up in a silly, truly silly moment. Did you did you ever watch Scooby-Doo? I did, and I actually just <laughs> saw this little clip about this. And I yeah. I don't I actually I have to say this to me is not silly. I love that they're bringing color into um, Scooby-Doo. The, the girlfriend <laughs> is not 
you know, um, Daphne White. And I, we always thought that that was kind of a thing with Thelma. I love it. I love it. I, it's I think so it's fun. I know. Very cool. And I don't know if you watch Murders in the Building. No, I don't. Oh my God, you have to watch that show. Okay, so Steve Martin, yes? And yeah, Martin Steve Short. Martin, uh, Martin Short, Short and, and Selena uh... Gomez. And Selena Gomez has like this Thelma thing throughout the whole Murders really? in the Building. Yeah, it's very cool. She's Thelma. <laughs> yeah, she is. They dress her that way. Like, it's very cool. And, she, and then in one of the seasons, she has a relationship with a woman, which I feel is very scooby. Like, if you see it as an adult... People out there that have seen it, please write in. It's very cool how it says so much without saying anything. But if you know Scooby-Doo and you know Thelma, then it, it really works. Love, Thelma. Congrats to Thelma. And, you know, before we move on to our next topic, have you... I admitted a, min- a minute ago how my sexuality is changing and I'm embracing my topness. Recently, do you, have you ever had a sexual proclivity or something that you were surprised yourself on what direction you were going with your sexuality they were like wow i didn't know i was into that um yeah i mean i i've tried a lot of things and been like oh that's not so much for me oh that really is for me or things that have been really hot like i said before maybe once twice three times and then i go eh don't need to make a habit of it you know what i mean a lot of it is a lot of freaking work as well especially when you're going down the fetish road definitely yeah you know like you if you get into bondage or you get into you know sometimes i'll never forget peter and i got into all of this like costuming and tying him up and it was all hot and fabulous and then we just had a point it's like i just want to lay down and be naked what is happening (laughs) (laughs) and he goes out to have a sense of humor across the board no matter what you get into but just because you get into something for a hot minute it doesn't define who you are and it doesn't mean you didn't have that moment. Right. Yeah. And if, and with, you're right about some of the fetishes because I've gone down that, I've talked about it on the show. We don't need to rehash all those things and they require time, effort, planning on and on and on. We could go on and on. That's a different show, but with the topping end of it, a lot of it had to do with my mental state for whatever reason. And just, performing that act and making sure that I was hard the whole time. And I think I got too much in my head and had that conversation in my head that ultimately I couldn't do it. And that has changed recently. And now I can, and it's, a, I'm happy about it and I'm celebrating it and want to continue to explore that side because it just gives more options when you meet somebody. I mean, I went home with somebody the other day that was, we had a great experience. And he said, I told him in the car ride home that I'm a bottom. And he said, that's okay. I'm versatile. And then in the end, I topped him. So there you go, <laughs> folks. That's great. I think that yeah. that's, um, I, I've never held hard on a label. I think that's what I was just going to say to you. It really depends on the person you're with. Correct. And what Absolutely. they bring out in you and what you see in them in yourself. Right. Yes. That's what makes that work. And, and if it doesn't work, but you still want to do it, there's a pill for that. So (laughs) there's an ointment, a pill, there's an ointment, a pill, (laughs) a strap, you know, there's a ring. There's so trust me, there's a lot. All right. Well, 
Lincoln, we didn't get to talk to you, but we all went and saw bros in the theater, just like Billy Eichner asked us to do. We were good gays, went on opening weekend. Just to be all- clear, I was the catalyst of that. Because remember, me and Peter bought tickets, and then we all yes, got together. Absolutely. And I was like, come, join. <laughs> I mean, I was going to get my own tickets and go the opening weekend myself. 10 p.m., too. though, it was hard. Was better to go with friends. Totally. And we had we had the whole row, which was so much fun. Before I read the story that I'm going to com- want you to comment on, give us your quick take on it. Sure. I um, loved it. I thought there was so much to celebrate. I thought it was a monumental, major, big-budget film released in theaters, the first rom-com with two gay men as the lead. They hit everything they hit the museum thing the testosterone thing the the lgbtq plus they had every representation in that damn movie they hit new york they hit provincetown um they hit everything online online dating no one died of aids and right it was a great you know, I, I'm not a big Steve Carell. I'm going to say the words wrong, but like 40 year old virgin or what was yeah. the Mary movie where they pop the zit or she has cum in her hair or whatever. I'm not <laughs> yeah. really a big fan of that brand of humor, but it was done very well in the parallel of gay life in this film. So the fact that the writer was of that ilk and that they wanted to do those kind of bridesmaids jokes, which is, I mean, I, I enjoyed them. And most of the time I enjoy them when I see them in a normal, not a normal film, but you know what I mean? In a, in a straight film, I go, Oh, that's so stupid. Or, Oh my God, that was so funny. I, I loved it. And I still, I cannot wait to see it again a few times because some of the lines were so, um, straight Hilarious. to the gut. Um, that it was extremely respectful having Harvey Farstein in there and having a photograph of him when he did Torch Song Trilogy, which was like one of the first gay major films that was still yep. only released in independent houses um, and not in major films, even though Anne Bancroft was in it. And, you know, so I thought it was great. I wish the numbers were better. I don't care about the numbers. I know other people do or film studios do but the fact that we got that there was so much to celebrate and i'm yeah. i'm actually sad about how much um projection of people's own insecurity of their own life has been thrust onto this film on social media where everyone can be sharp-tongued because they're not face to face with people yeah and so and- much of what i've seen are people that didn't even see the movie so right, and we I I said how I felt about it. I loved it. I mean, at the time, I'm not going to trail back. I was elated in the moment, and I really liked the movie a lot. Cody thought it was good, and but the movie did not perform as well as it was. I think it came in fourth place, the 22 million budget movie, which Billy Eichner 
helped co-write. It opened in 3,300 films, just to give you a couple of facts, and took in 4.8 million. In the second weekend, which we just passed, it was on over 3,000 screens and took in 2.1 million, which represents a 55% drop from its first weekend. And despite great reviews, so it didn't do as well. And on a recent talk of the film, you know, uh, one of the reasons put forward for the movie's failure, and by failure, all we mean is box office numbers, right, was its lack of A-list stars, according to some people. However, at a panel event at the New York Festival last week, Eichner defended casting an LGBTQ cast in all the lead roles, which I actually agree. He said, we could have easily thrown Chris Evans into the Luke McFarlane role, he said, reported by Deadline. But we didn't because for us, it was important to give a number of openly LGBT actors a chance to star in a movie, even though they weren't movie stars. Also on the panel was Harvey Fierstein, and I actually agree with with what he had to say. He said that the studio behind Bros, which was Universal, pushed the quote-unquote historic nature of the movie too hard in the marketing. And I have to say, we were talking about this a lot on Tags Live, Cody and I, leading up to the film, where we thought it was Billy Eichner talking about this is the first... Uh, rom-com by an LGBTQ cast ever with a with the by a major studio and it did seem a little bit like it was shoved down our throats Harvey Fierstein said on a panel with Billy Eichner next to him quote I mean quote is this a history lesson on a movie he said I didn't think it was really smart I think sometimes you have to let the audience find you let them discover you let them fall in love with you because the movie is too good it's just really human and had the audience been allowed to find it on their own I think we would have we would have easier we would have found it easier and Eichner pushed back slightly against this praising Universal for its support and saying quote there wasn't much of a blueprint for this movie when it came to the marketing and all over that. And, you know, I think they're both right on every respect. It's the first of its kind. How do you handle it? I go on record on saying, I think he did slam it down our throat too much. We were going to go anyway, but it did seem a little forced. What's your thoughts on the marketing behind it? Do you agree with Harvey or Billy? I, I, I agree with Harvey. And I think it was just out of order. I think okay. if they would have just pushed the funny, there was a blueprint. Like I just said, use the blueprint of bridesmaids. Use the blueprint of um, any, you know, 40-year-old virgin, virgin. Make it just focus on the funny. And then once people love it, oh, did you know it's an all LGBTQ cast versus oh, the, like the, you know, the statement like, of the political realm of it yeah of, it's of the, the statement that it's making in history yeah it's the cart before the horse make it funny i also think it's a different day for movies correct I don't think we talked about that the other movie, yeah. yeah people aren't going to a movie necessarily to see some rom-com thing i don't know how the right. new julia roberts uh that we talked uh, about that George i know Clooney movie is gonna do when it comes out, but those are major stars, but you need to see it in a big movie theater or and a lot of people online are like, I'm just going to wait for it to stream. But even like a lot of the feedback online is 
it's fine, but it's not as horrible as that awful Fire Island movie and that ridiculous uncoupled movie. It's like, yet again, we are finally getting... Well, every no, it's always hateful. It's like, just let people do it. Why do we always have to shoot it down? It's just... I don't know. Well, you and I, I are know. big fans of looking yeah. and people were, I like them all. <laughs> people were so uh, like down on that and it's yeah. like I loved it. Yeah, it was like my they're favorite. Screaming that Dahmer is the greatest thing they've ever seen. So yet again, <laughs> the gays are eating other gays and people love it, but when you do a movie that doesn't have AIDS or killing people, like same with Johnny Versace. Yeah. Again, you know, if that's what we want to focus on, fine. Celebrate Dahmer. Say it's a great cinematic, you know, revelation. Say it's a great retelling of the story. I personally will not watch it. The fact yeah. that the victims were not notified before Ryan Murphy made this movie. Correct. That there are no proceeds going to the victims of Dahmer is ridiculous and irresponsible. So why would I ever support that? The fact that they put a, a gay film. I saw that the- before I knew that, but I really enjoyed it for the piece of history that I was learning about because it did focus on the victims. And I appreciate that. Did not learn that until I saw the view after the fact, and then was enlightened about that. Don't appreciate yeah. that and think that no. they should have been the problem. definitely. Yeah. But you know, we as viewers don't know all the history on what goes into the, I'm sure we wouldn't be happy with many things that we watched. But isn't on that what if we, we just knew about? what really went into it. Well, yes and no, but isn't that what we just talked about? So bros, put forward that it was all LGBTQ. We knew that going in and then people are hating the movie. Dahmer didn't say anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Came out, everyone watched it and loved it. <laughs> and then now that we find out the truth, it, it's uncool. So, you know, yeah. again, it's responsible viewing, right? That's the, the hit or miss. Okay. So moving on, I re- recently met one of the persons that I hooked up with recently and had a great sexual experience and found out after the fact, once again, when you know, you don't know these things until certain time periods. I, and I, my question to you is, would you sleep with somebody if you did not agree with their political values? So in other words, the person that I slept with, I am a registered Democrat, although Sometimes I feel like I should be independent. Sometimes I feel in the middle. Sometimes I'm far right. Sometimes I'm off the scale. But the person I slept with after we had had sex several times said, oh, yeah, I'm a a gay Republican. And I was like, you are? And he's like, I know, I know. It didn't bother me in the end. We proceeded to have more great sex. And it was really interesting conversation. But I guess the question to you is, could you sleep with somebody that you did not, they were on a totally political different spectrum and could you date them? Um, dating would probably not happen. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but I could, I don't, Peter and I don't always agree with everything politically. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I could, I would probably use it against him during sex <laughs> and like <laughs> tie him up and smack him around and tell him you're a stupid Republican. You know, like I was in the back room in Berlin using the word Nazi, which is very like, Oh my yeah, like, God. And that's probably not a good idea. And I was 
not recommended five and and pushing my own little boundaries and and no one said anything but it was you know i i i i i i don't respect people anymore depending if they go too far down something so opposite to me and i don't necessarily need to respect people i sleep with but i certainly wouldn't date them yeah, it was interesting because the pillow right. talk that we occur- happened after that conversation occurred where I found that out was one of the best pillow talk sessions we ever had. In other words, it was very respectful in terms of <laughs> respectful. We were just having a great conversation, pillow talk, post-sex about everything. I'm on what I do, on what he does. And that he's in an open relationship. His boyfriend was out of town that weekend. And we were talking about all those types of things that normal people talk about. And then the political thing came up and I was like, wow, that's so interesting. It didn't bother me. And I noticed I wasn't as fired up as I could have probably been in other times in my life. I remember going across from California and I met a guy and I went, he wanted me to come visit him in Texas. And when I was in Texas over the weekend, I was looking at his library of books. And in there, I saw the Ronald Reagan biography. And I was like, wow, why? that's interesting that you have a Ronald Reagan biography. And he's like, oh, I love Ronald Reagan. I was like, you do? Well, that, honey, started a whole conversation that ultimately I got on a plane earlier. Let's just say it didn't go over very well for many reasons. And I'm not going to even like bring up that whole thing. But I either have grown up, to use your words, I've grown up and had a, you know, we're not in, I wasn't in a relationship with this guy that I just had sex with. So it, there wasn't a lot to lose in it. But we want to see each other again, and I don't think it really bothered me as much. In other words, either A, I've grown up and could separate, we'll see how that would go, or I was just in the sex moment and, didn't, you know, stuff like well, that doesn't I bother mean, me. Yeah, I, I guess there is some validity to the fact that people used to not talk so much about politics. Well, the sign and, of the and, times, right? Put their, I, but the thing is, people talk and they don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. They just say, I'm a Republican or I did this. But when you really, like, it's too much information. You, It's too much to, to mold your entire identity around a political stance. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you say you're a gay Republican, which is the the party of family values, but you're cheating on your husband in an open relationship with someone else. Like you're just a moron at that point. So you don't really know if you're a Republican or not. You're just voting Republican for certain issues. And that's how you identify, but it doesn't make you a hundred percent Republican. That's why I say, we almost should keep it out of the conversation a lot of the times because it's with family, with hookups, with because pe- it's not solving anything. It's, right. it's the reason we're so separated. Like I, I think I've said this on the show before. I was a Republican when I started voting. When I was old enough to vote, my family all came together on Sunday dinner before election day. And we talked about what we're voting for as a family. And I was raised in a very Republican family that was very liberal in the way we loved each other, but was very conservative in finances and paying taxes and, and all that kind of stuff because they were 
you know, a product of very poor people, poor Italian people that migrated from Italy through the Panama Canal up to San Francisco because they heard about jobs. And with that mindset, if you were a Democrat, you were against getting ahead in America during that time. It was a different time. And I remember my grandfather was in the hospital with an ulcer when there was legislation passed during the Reagan time. And that's when they veered away from Republican because people were dying. And while no one was talking about me being gay, everyone kind of knew it. And the family kind of changed their voting because of me, even though I wasn't old enough to vote, but also people dying creates empathy. Emotional you know I mean? empathy. Yeah. So, and Reagan wasn't all bad. He did. He was horrible in so many ways. Correct. You can't throw the baby out with the, the bathwater all the time. You know, it's very hard for me to think of good things that Donald Trump did for our country. But there are one or two. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. But some people, the moment you say that, they're like, oh, he loves Trump. We hate him now. Well, no. That's, I think, where I was going with this, too, is that (laughs) I think we are so divided right now and right and left. And there is no room for debate, conversation. And whether it was pillow talk or what have you, I think we need to kind of find our way back to common ground and that nobody is totally black and white. Sometimes we have to deal with the leaders that are at the helm at the moment and work with these people. It's interesting. I think I've changed. Yeah, we also don't know everything. That's the problem. Like we say things like it. That's why we're so polarized right now. The moment you identify with Trump for a minute, then you're automatically labeled that, and that is your identity. But the world doesn't work that way. Right. You know, the, the world doesn't. Yeah. And being president doesn't work that way. So whether you enjoy Biden or not, the Biden that I see is getting shit done. And that's all I care about. I just want shit to be done. I want people to get out of prison for having marijuana possession and he did it i don't want the world to blow up because of ukraine and it hasn't i want that the places that are getting flooded or the people that you know i like i just want solutions i want problem solving and other people are looking at him stumbling on stairs and think he's completely inadequate and can't put two words together because that's what they're seeing on their bubble or their platform. And that to me is really scary because we're not all on the same page anymore. That, and it goes back to even the movie bros, like instead of dividing over it because of box office and this and that, that, you're on this corner and you're, why can't we just go celebrate a fucking movie about gays? You know what I mean? It's like the fire Island movie or the, all the, let's just celebrate a movie. That's not killing people for a moment. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just think when you try and he made it all back to bros, when you try and make a project where you raise the stakes and you make claims back to Harvey Fierstein on that, you know, it's the biggest produced film by a major studio ever. Well, then you are putting it out there and it better, you know what I'm saying? And and then if it doesn't, not. 
not to sorry to to bring it back to you know I always like to circle back. I know you always want to move the show forward, and I always circle back to like <laughs> circle back. The first thing back. you said is that he isn't likable. Like I didn't even Billy. think about that until I saw someone Billy. saying, "Yeah, that he's just like a curmudgeon of a person." We talked and, about that, Jeremy, and, and I like, said, "Jeremy it's like said Woody what you're Allen saying, yeah. or you know any of that." Yeah, you're right, and look at Woody Allen. And look at well, successful. Yeah. Well, right. Well, we you know that, that example, but but he's but been successful have, at times. I do have to film. say that one line in the movie. To me, because I can be a curmudgeon, I'm not always the most likable person either. I'm funny, I'm uh, whatever, but I'm not always the most likable person. You guys had glee, we had AIDS. You don't lo- You don't just skip through life when you've been through a catastrophe like that. And that's what I liked about his character on this movie. That he didn't have the body, he didn't necessarily have the the voice, he doesn't necessarily have the stunning face but he does have his opinion of life and he was so dynamic in everything he did for our community that it balanced how much of a hard edge he was as a personality. That's what I liked about the character. You know what I mean? Even though he was unlikable. So anyway, sorry. I liked him, but yes, I hear you. I do see him, but not being a likable character. Right. People like, no, we tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Melvin, as you know, went to the movie with us and one of good Melvin's good friends, who is in his twenties, twenties, like wrote the movie off. Like, no, not a match. Not my, not my generation. Not my community. I didn't identify it. He's really unlikable. It was stupid. Bye. And it's but like, it wasn't just one wow, character. There's many that's characters. A whole we talked about it on the show. Life. I mean, one the things that if you just separate because it wasn't just Billy Eichner's character it was also about not making the commitment of the other character and how commitment phobic so many of us are in no matter what color community yeah yeah, and that happens flakiness happens in our straight and that part was just refreshing to see on the screen and reflective of just the current state of if you try and go on an app, if you try and date anyone, whether you're straight, bi, trans, or whatever, you're going to come across people that are non-committal. That are, I mean, those were topics that are so fresh and relevant. So I don't know how you would write it off completely, but everyone has their experience. I completely. People whatever. can't commit to a ten-second TikTok. So like, yeah, <laughs> no, fifteen. Right. But yeah, all right. <laughs> Moving on to a Reddit thread that kind has to do similarly this guy wrote i'm bi and only recently experienced sex with men sexual chemistry is more than physical appearance but i can't explain it anyone else experiences he writes the best man-to-man sexual experiences have not necessarily been with the hottest guys i've met where does that sexual chemistry come from i like where he's going with this some of the hottest guys i've been I have been with are the least satisfying sexual experiences. Maybe I'm more self-conscious with them. I guess what I'm saying is physical attractiveness is not always an indicator of sexual chemistry, but I can't figure out why anyone else feel this way. And you got a lot of different responses, but I guess I a hundred percent agree with this bisexual man in that some of my best sexual experiences, well, I'll just, say this last one this past weekend where the guy was, I topped him. So I didn't even expect to be topping, didn't even take a pill for it, which is the thing that's been in my mental head on, am I going to be hard? Am I going to be able to do this? 
was hard and we had repeated sex throughout the night and into the morning, which was great. And he wasn't maybe somebody that on paper I would say, this is the type that I'm looking for, but it worked. Does that surprise you? Because you've often talked, Lincoln, about who the types of guys that you were into before. And then, uh, I mean, we all think that Peter's gorgeous and hot, but was he your physical type to begin with? And what do you think of what the guy is saying? Let's end back there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's about energy. That's why I this it's not about the looks all the time. You, right. It's never it's actually never about the looks. The looks bring you to the table, but if there's not energy and um swagger or non-swagger or whatever, you know, there there's a lot that goes into being sexually attracted to another person. That's why sexuality is so gray. It's not black or white. It's it's you could be attracted to tall men your whole life, and then all of a sudden, someone shorter than you comes along, and there's just something about them that makes you excited. You know. Now going into your past weekend, this person has a boyfriend, right? Yes, open So there is yep. this, yeah, so he has an open relationship. You know you're not going to start dating this person tomorrow. Correct. Your, your mission is not to come between this relationship. So that puts a, a both a, a I can do this with no strings attached freedom and also kind of a hotness of this person's with someone else, but for now they're with me. Though All of that is in the mix. It's not just about someone's bicep or right. someone's looks. It's we are energy. Nothing truly exists but the energy, the energy through, between two people, which is why, again, I'm going to circle back to a previous conversation. You could be so into somebody and everything about their energy is hot and everything about the way they look is hot. And then they turn and they say, yeah, I'm a Republican. And all of a sudden that energy gets a little meat grinded and you can't get it out of your head, and then that you lose that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it 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 just it's that's why there's it's not hard to figure out. It just depends on the energy and the circumstance, and it also depends where you are in your life. Because something you just said, Steve, was people put you in the bottom box or the box yes. bottom. Or well, why would anyone else have anything to say that would affect your own sexuality for you? you that's your no matter what other people say this is you for you so it actually doesn't matter what other people i'm a six foot three man people always assume i'm a top that's the right. mistake yeah you know, and it's great to even learn though it's when you- primarily true i love i don't no one's gonna keep me in that box if i don't if i feel like flipping on my back get over it i love that and yeah, you know that's I mean? the whole thing is exp- yeah Okay, and lastly, I have to talk about this brand new calendar because, you know, it's calendar season where the calendars come out for the following 2023 year that we're talking about. And there's a sexy priest calendar that is kind of controversial, if you think about it. Uh, In this case, it's a sexy priest calendar. And according to the photographer, they're all real life priests in italy shot by an italian 
photographer and there was a TikToker and she posted this whole video. The video went viral with over 3.2 million views saying, is it real? Well, the website for Calendario Romano seems to be very real. The calendar now in its 18th circulation was created by Venetian-born photographer Piero Pazzi, who must have an affinity for men in the cloth. According to this article, Pazzi has shared the models are all real priests who he has photographed during Holy Week in Rome and in Sevilla in Spain. The priests do not give their names, but Pazzi has affirmed that they are happy to pose for the photograph in order to convey a religious sentiment. They, do you think that, are you here for the, I'm kind of here for this calendar. I, I want to get it. It's about <laughs> 10 euros. I want it on. I'm just here for it because of my Catholicism. This is why I love Madonna back in the day. I'm here for it. Are you here for this calendar or do you think it's, well, my question is, are, they're not out gay priests. They're just priests that were photographed for a <laughs> lusting pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gay boys over straight men again with a priest motif. <laughs> I think so. I'm not, I'm yeah. going to save my 10 euros, but I do like the concept. <laughs> I always love religion. I mean, I'm the group fitness director of Temple. I do classes called Holy Water. I always love a spiritual motif wound into anything which is again also my madonna fascination uh when she does it right i find it i very much appreciate it and find it very fabulous it went again when it's done um well i i don't dislike the photos they're nothing to write home about but i'd rather have a fireman with their shirts off calendar yeah, and I'll take all of I mean, them for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. A horny fall, yeah. I guess. You know what, though? I, I, it's funny. This is Maybe I'll bring this back for 2023. I used to always have like a, like a um, mechanics calendar in my closet of like, <laughs> you know, like the cult yep. calendar. I had the cult calendar for the a tires long time. And I all had that. a tires. Yeah, well, that's her Brits. But yeah, her yeah, Brits. yeah. Thank you. Um, I also had the uh, Tom of Finland calendar when I went and saw the Tom of Finland home in um, L.A. They left me. They gave me a calendar on the way out, and I had that up. Maybe Peter and I will put up a good old fashioned, you know, boner calendar for the twenty twenty three. And what about something with temple? A little bit. You could Uh, maybe. No, keep it in mind. I'm going to stay in my lane when it comes to the gym. But other than that, yeah. (laughs) Love it. We're not going to do a boner protein bakery calendar either, no matter where the muscle is. It's fine. Got it. I love it. Well, thanks for playing. So much fun connecting with you. As always, you can always follow Lincoln at Protein Bakery for his Protein Bakery at Protein Bakery. And also follow him on his personal Instagram account at Mad Lincoln. Follow us. And I do just, I want to say really quick, I know that that so many people have walked into the bakery and told me that they listened to the podcast. People have come taken my class like four times and then mentioned to me that they listened to the podcast. So everyone out there, when you're in New York, you know, if you want to come take a class, if you want to stop by the bakery, please say hi, please say who you are and how you heard about me. Cause it's always such a nice little bonding moment. So thank you, Steve, for putting those oh, out there. That. Thank you no, people for touching base when they do. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry always, 
Not at all. Follow us at Tags Podcast at Tags Podcast or go to tagspodcast.com. And in the meantime, continue having hot gay, hot gay sex. sex. <laughs>